Hey folks, welcome to Close the Deal, a podcast designed for you, our valued dealers. I'm Jake Watson, your moderator, SVP of Marketing. On our last episode, we spoke about why stakeholders should care about financing and what financing can do for you. Today, we're super excited to discuss how to sell financing in 2023. And we have our resident sales expert, Richie, here with us today. Richie? Hello, hello. Good day, everybody. Again, we gave Nish the day off. He's just doing a Sudoku puzzle <laughs> yeah. in his office. I walk by. He just looks frustrated. <laughs> Can't figure out seven across. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, cool, Rich. So we covered this subject earlier on in the podcast in one of the first episodes, but I think it would be good for our listeners to get a refresh. And I think, you know, really what I want to do is kind of start with the steps of the sales process, and then we'll get into like some of the details around financing and how those steps apply to the financing approach. Absolutely. So yeah, you know, what's interesting about this is this, this could be deemed controversial. Okay. There's always an individual with their take on processes and what should come first and when in put in perspective, I remember in my twenties taking a course on sales at UFT. And I remember then it was a 10 step sales process. Right. Um, you know, I think what I've seen and what I think we all try to do in our career is take best practices that we see and we, we, we learn and then try to fit into our world uh, as much as possible. So, you know, I, I start this with saying this may be wildly controversial or what you're going to have are maybe some individuals who listen and say, well, that doesn't apply to what it is I do. So I think the first kind of caveat being is, hey, this is my two cents yep. based on, you know, 20 plus years of sales in terms of what I've seen, the interaction, whether, by the way, this is B2B or business to business, obviously, business to consumer, B2B to C, what have you, you know, to me, these are your five kind of umbrella steps. And then like anything else, under each step, there is sub steps to it. So we'll just go over that so and spend a little time on each one. You're you're selling yourself short in your <laughs> wealth of experience, 20 years of experience oh doing this. Yeah. You've taken the 10, 10 and you've boiled them down to five, essentially. And you have this five-step approach that you think is most effective. And, and hey, anytime you go from 10 to five, I think you're winning. There's some efficiencies right there. Yeah, <laughs> That's right. So we'll, we'll get right into it. I'll just run through the five and then we'll spend time on each one. So step number one is what I'm just going to call is engagement with the customer or what some people would say, approach the customer right now. This is going to be different based on the nature of which you are engaging customers, right? So if it's outbound calls, this might be a cold call that's you're approaching your customer. Uh, if it is B2B and you are out there knocking on business doors or you have a business development team who generates interest from particular businesses that then pass them on to you. This is kind of step one. It starts with actually meeting and talking <laughs> to the prospect. Imagine that. Imagine that, right? <laughs> the, the, the step of a, was it the journey of a thousand steps That's always right. begins with one. That's right. Right. The second step here is now you're discovering their needs. There is a difference between needs and wants, mm -hmm. right? I want a lot of stuff. I only need a few things, right? Right. This is your fact-finding mission. You are engaging them, and this is where you shut up, you let them talk. Would it be fair to say you you sell based on the need, and then you upsell based on the want? Absolutely. Right. I think that's a perfect way to put it. Right. And again, you can, you can make this as complicated as you want or as simple as you want, right? Based on their needs, what you're doing is you're listening, and you are now kind of in your head, like, 
based on what they're hearing, you're kind of dis you're taking things away, right? So they said they need this. So this suite of products doesn't make sense. Um, or they need this. So this doesn't make sense. Or they need this. This does make sense. Mm -hmm. And so what you're starting to do is shape a mold, right? Based on what your audience is telling you, you're narrowing down your scope to your specific solutions, which is now step number three. <laughs> you've listened to them, you've heard their needs, and now you're providing a solution. Right. And by the way, sometimes there is no solution to be provided, mm -hmm. right? You know, there's a lot of individuals who I often say, like, sometimes you just got to walk away, right? Because then what's going to happen is you're going to overpromise, underdeliver. Uh, you're not getting them again, what they need. Mm -hmm. Right. And that'll always come back to haunt you, right? Like if you, if you're thousand. trying to provide a solution that, you know, you don't really have one for, you know, it's, it's going to come back to haunt you later in the process and even could affect future sales, right? Like one you, yeah. You know, I had an old, you know, saying, which was, you know, you don't, don't burn the doors, right. right? So you may not have a solution now for that customer, doesn't mean there may not be one down the road or your solutions that you do have that don't quite fit the mold of what that company needs may change over time. Right. So now you've met them. They told you what you need. You have provided your recommendation on what the solution is. And then the next one very simply is then you got to close the sale. Right. All right. So you close the sale, ask for the order. And what you want at this point is objections to come up. But objections, first of all, for everybody are fine. Right. And again, we'll go like we'll go through each one a little bit more in depth as we go through. Do you think this is the step where financing is most likely to come into play? So like, you know, you're in the house, you're talking about a kitchen upgrade. You've listened to what they want. You're making recommendations to them. You've got a solution for them around, you know, like what it is, the the look and feel that they're hoping for, you know, the, yep. the quality of the, the countertops that they're looking for, et cetera. And then you ask for the sale. You're providing a price. And, you know, it's like, whoa, slow down. I was thinking half that. Um, to me, this is the natural place where financing is most likely to come up. Yeah, absolutely. There is a handful of objections out there, right? right. When you really boil them all down, there's probably about five. Right. Uh, maybe half a dozen, maybe six um, plausible objections that are just not said different ways. Right. And the good news... <laughs> or bad news, depending on how you look at it, is about 80% of the time it's the same objection. Right. Which is price. Right. Affordability. Yeah. Affordability. Yeah. Oh my God, I didn't yeah. expect that. Right. Hold on. Let me go think about this. Right. Maybe I don't go marble, I go quartz. Yeah, yeah. you just, you. there's this sticker shock right. in it. And this is why we talked about in these podcasts, like know your script, yeah. know your objections, and then have them rehearsed so that, and when I say rehearsed, it's not meant to be sounding, again, unethical. It's just, you know what your objections are. Mm -hmm. Like, I know what objections are when my kid says he wants candy at eight o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. I anticipate yeah. that objection. Yeah. Yeah. And I know what my response is going to be. It right. is no different. But if 80% of the time, the objection is price, and you as a salesperson, at the end of the day, the average ticket size is what drives price, the quality of the products you're offering. So you can, you can objection handle down and bring down the ticket price. With 80% of the time, it's affordability. Like I'd be really brushing up on my skills around financing, right? Because this seems like a way for you to A, close more deals and B, generate more revenue and, and keep that ticket, ticket price intact. Absolutely. And like anything, right? When you look at challenges in general, what you are always looking to do is how do you move those challenges upstream, 
right? Because there's a way to handle those objections and move those objections up. Mm -hmm. Now you're probably saying move objections up. I will explain that to you in a second. Right. And then five is then you complete the sale and then the follow-up, right? The, the post-sale wrap, making sure, you know, a lot of people will assume 100% of the project's completed when the sale is made. No, that is maybe, depending on your industry and your business, maybe 70, 80%. How many cancellations happen after you close the sale? Right, for a whole bunch of reasons. Right. No one got back to me fast enough. Oh, I thought about it, I kicked tires. Uh, I've decided not to do it. So again, close, completing the sale and follow-up is a vital piece to creating harmony with that customer mm -hmm. and to ensure that you mitigate post-sale cancellations. So again, just to recap, number one, Approach the client. Number two, discover client needs. Number three, provide solutions. Number four, close the sale. And then number five, complete said sale. And then the follow up with it. Right. All right. So introductions. Listen, folks, again, I think as we know, you have a limited time to make a first impression. Mm -hmm. So these are things such as recognizing your appearance. Are you late? Are you on time? Did you communicate when you'll be there? Did you find the right time? Did you come in? Did you engage in small talk, right? Like, did you create a level of rapport? This is your step to make a first good impression. So, you know, I've made a lot of sales calls where I've walked in and, you know, generally a lot of people like to make sales appointments when they're home. And, you know, when you're home and they've got kids, uh, they may just got back from soccer practice. They might be making dinner. So also read the room, mm -hmm. right? If it is really bad timing and they're flat and the kid just happened to have a fit or they're just not into it. My view is this. You have a client who's not open to receiving the communication you're about to provide because their mind is somewhere else. Right. So we talked about reading the room and, and you know, now is the right time. So that, that's kind of the first thing, right? The second thing are things such as like, you know, don't smell like a pack of smokes, right? <laughs> We'd be silly if we thought that as we pull up to someone's home, they don't see us pulling up and walking in. Like I've, you know, I'll have people who are like, you know, vape. Like the last thing a client wants to see is you're walking to this door, is this massive bloom of smoke engulfing <laughs> your head, right? Yeah. Like those are the common sense things, right? But again, this is your opportunity to be positive, create a positive first step in engagement, build trust, because you do have just a couple of moments to build that. This is where you are introducing yourself, why you're here, right? So, hey, you know, Jake, you may remember that you reached out, engaged about some questions uh, regarding uh, retrofitting your home with some brand new windows. So right. let's talk about that. And if you're giving a presentation, one of the things they tell you to give in presentations, how long is this going to be? Like, let your audience know, right? Give them the confines or the structure of what that's going to look like. All right. That is approaching the client. Pretty basic. The next one is discover client leads. This is where they are talking. So again, I want to emphasize this, and this is tough coming from a dude like me who loves to talk. <laughs> Ask questions that will help you understand them, but ensure you spend your time listening rather than thinking of what you're going to say next. This is really important. You are actively engaged in the conversation and you're guiding it down the path of what they need. So how many windows? What are your pain points? Listen to them. Right. And then again, if you find that you're still not getting the full picture, then you got to use questions that encourage them to talk about the problem that they're having. All right. So, you know, don't bring up the product yet. Right. Get them to talk about their motivation for fixing the problem. Right. Is it, you know, we've got a new family. I'm worried about just it's freezing in here. My mother-in-law is moving into the household. She gets cold very easily. We're worried about the insulation and, and, you know, whether it's double paint or triple paint. Again, what is their motivation for fixing the problem? 
right? And then what are other solutions they've tried, right? This is also really important to kind of get this information now. So then you can start posing these items in your solution, right? So you should ask questions that let you anticipate those objections. So do they have a budget? Are there any other constraints that you should know about? All right, so. Is this where you're bringing the objections forward? You're start, you are starting to address the objections that you generally will anticipate right. when you close the sale. Right. Right. So again, price what's, being one. What's your budget? About, yeah. Right. Yeah. So it is fair to say, okay, listen, so before we go into there, into this, Jake, that's fantastic. Just a quick question mm -hmm. before I start providing solutions, because again, Jake, I want to make sure I provide you the right solution that makes sense based on what we've talked about. Mm -hmm. But there's a couple of parameters we need to discuss. Are there any budgets or constraints that I should be aware of when providing a recommendation here? Mm -hmm. Are there any timelines that you want to be met here? Well, you know, one thing we learned from the window industry was, you know, supply chain challenges, right? right? If you know that it takes you 16 weeks from taking the order to mm -hmm. getting those in windows in and they want this done in four weeks, whatever mm -hmm. reason, then you want to know that now. Yeah. Right. So again, last thing you want to do is get to close the sale and you're like, okay, great, Jake, yeah. fantastic. So this is going to take about 16 weeks like, is when we anticipate whoa, it. And you're whoa, like, whoa, yeah. yeah. Like I needed this yesterday. Right. Okay. Yeah. Again, things that would have been good to know. Yeah. In those objections, time, price. And the customers don't always know, right? So that's why it's important for you as, fish the, as, the, as, as the expert to fish them out. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. And then at the end of this step, you know, you just want to check understanding. You want to reiterate back. So Jake, if I understand this correctly, what you're looking for is, a, you know, a retrofit of windows in your main floor because you get east exposure. Uh, you know, again, blah, blah, blah. You're looking for a budget that's going to run you maybe around $15,000. Mm -hmm. You want to reiterate back to them. And, right. and then it's like, Jake, did I understand? Is there anything else you want to add? All right. So there you go. So that is your, your discover client needs. All right. So now we move on to step number three, which is provide the solution. So now you know your client's needs. You can start introducing a solution to their problem. Right. And again, you can now refer back to their needs as they identify them. And effectively, what you want to do and what I always do is people are talking. I'll just make notes. I'll just scribble a bunch of things as I'm listening or ask, ask them to recap them. And then as I'm going through my solutions, I'm checking off on these things. I'm putting a check mark because the goal here is to be as congruent with their needs and your solutions. And as much as possible, you want to make those two things fit. Right. It may not be 100 percent, but, uh, you know, I think as Meatloaf said, two out of three ain't bad. Now, when it comes to things around price, again, what I hear a lot of people do is say, all right, I'll quote them the full ticket items. Let's just say, you know, it's 20K for the whole project. And then they let that absorb in and then they wait for some sort of look from them of like probably just fear or like, oh, my God, it's going to cost me 20 G's and then go. But, but we can offer you monthly payment options as a result of that. To me, that's a challenge. The juxtaposition of trying to kind of put the toothpaste back in the tube after you drop the 20K out is now going to be problematic. My view would be if you've talked about budgets or you want to drive financing out there is don't provide the full ticket item. Just say, great. So we can provide a solution here right now based on a monthly rate of and then whatever that works out to, you know, $150 a month. 
Jake, the good news is based on everything you've told me, we have these windows. These actually will allow you to be eligible for the rebate that the Canadian government's going out. You may have to go through these steps in order to do. You have to do an audit, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. But even like, let's take your sound piece, for example, right? Maybe it's not a great example because that might be a need, but but maybe it's not a need. You know, maybe they, they don't live in a super high traffic area, but just it, it would be nice to have, you know? Um, to me, that's where financing can actually become part of your solution, which is, you know, you have this nice to have, Mr. And Mrs. Customer, unfortunately, at the price point you're, you know, you're trying to get to, it's really difficult to get soundproofing at that price. But I do have help for you. You know, I've got I've got an option here for you, which is, you know, these are about two thousand dollars more and above your budget. But we've got financing, and so you know, we can finance just that portion of it, and it's going to work out to be like thirty dollars a month or whatever for a five year term. What you want to work on is a top down selling approach, right? So. It is much easier to go from a higher price down than it is to go from a lower price up. Right. So what I would then do is take a statement like that and say, okay, hey, here's what I actually have for you based on what you've told me, Jake, here. I know yep. addresses all the concerns we just went over. Yep. In addition, well, you know, these windows provide a level of soundproofing. And take it from a guy who lived on PAPE, <laughs> literally on PAPE Avenue, for those yeah. of you who may or may not know in Toronto. It's not a highway. Yeah. But there's buses that run down there. The sound comes through, man, and they yeah. come through the windows. Yeah. Um, we say, hey, what I have right now is a solution that will address all these concerns and, in fact, provide you some added stability and that we can, you know, noise cancellation. And what I can do, Jake, is actually provide these to you for a monthly rental cost of $150. Right. Payment. Uh, just, uh, Not payment rental. Month, or, no. uh, sorry, payment. Yeah. Thank you very much for $150 a month. Right. All right. And... So again, it's very important to note that if you lead with that, then let them come back to you and say, hey, that 150 sounds a little bit high from a monthly standpoint. Is there anything we can do with that? Right. Because the one thing they will teach you in sales is stop. Don't race to the bottom. Because the other thing consumers have been trained to do is to challenge the price they're given. Right. Really? Is that the best? I get how many people in sales have heard that. Right. Is that the best price you can give me? They're the consumer. It's their money. They have a right to challenge that and say, hey, and there's going to be one of two options here at this point. They're going to say, that sounds great. I love it. That price makes sense for me. Maybe at most they might say, hey, I'm not interested in a monthly payment at that standpoint. What's the net cost of that? And then you can say, okay, well, that works to, I don't know, 15K, right? And if that's your only objection, cool. You move very quickly on to close the sale. The next natural thing they'll say is, well, that, that seems a little excessive from a monthly standpoint. So which then allows you to say, okay, fair enough. Appreciate that. So I believe I do have an option here where I have this model of windows that provides probably about 90% of you're looking for. Maybe it doesn't have this one feature function. Maybe it's not eligible for a rebate, but you know, that's going to be $125 a month or a net price of, again, just making up numbers here, folks, like 12 and a half thousand. Mm -hmm. Then you just go down that negotiation piece with them until obviously you settle in on then the ability to close the sale. Yeah. But if you notice, I haven't addressed the objection in my solution here. I've, I've addressed it in your identifying your needs. Right. I've already heard that piece. Right. So now I'm negotiating within the confines that I have based on my rate table or whatever it is to now get you again what you need versus what you want and a price that makes sense, mm -hmm. but lead with a monthly payment. Yeah. And again, a lot of you might say, oh, that's biased, right? You're working for a finance company. Clearly you want to move forward with the monthly payment standpoint, but you have a monthly payment option for a reason. Yeah. 
provide the monthly payment option. That's right. And they can always say no. And at the end of the day, it's like, you know, six month deferral. It's an open loan that can be paid off at any time. You as a salesperson can put those customers into a product that they're more happy with and they're going to be happier customers. You can raise your average ticket size. You can get and close more deals as a result. And so there, there's a reason why. So I, I get it. I understand that there that there is a bias here, of course, but there's a reason why monthly payments are part of consumer behavior across pretty much every industry right now, you know? It's because consumers want it. And it's and, as simple as that. And and it's one of those things where it's be unapologetic about it. It's yeah. your, like you offer month, like no different than you offer cash or credit card. That's right. So again, whether you might at this point use a three-month deferral option. You may not. You may use six months. You may be doing a rate buy-down. You may lead with standard financing. And if there's an objection from Jake where he's like, hey, you know what? $150 might seem a little excessive for my monthly budget here, Richard. Then I've got some solutions here, which I can say, okay, we got a couple of things here. I really think based on what you told me here, Jake, that these that this model, making model of window is going to make sense. It, it addresses everything here. Tell you what we can do. And you may have amortized this over 15 years at the point. Right. And you can say, well, actually, you know, you're eligible for this. I can actually lower this. But what it's going to require is I'm just going to amortize this over 20 years. Mm -hmm. Now, Jake, all that means is that we're going to stretch the payment over 20 years. However, these are open payments that you can pay off at any single time without any penalty, without any administrative fee. That's fine. But depending on what tools that you and your organization have provided you, the other thing I can do is I can actually defer this for three months for you. Right. You so how, so how about this, Jake? Yeah. We can do this based on this product line that I think, again, makes sense for you. And you won't pay anything for three months after we install the project. Right. By the way, you can pay it off if you come across that money even before that date. Right. There is no obligation to stick to that. You can pay it off. If it's an open loan, you are good to go. Right. But you can also play with the amortization too, right? Like if you're, at a, if you're at a 15-year amortization, you could be like, hey, uh, let's go to 240 month. You know, So I'm going to, instead of it being 150 bucks, I can make it you know, 120 or whatever the math works out to, you know? Absolutely. So once you've identified, so once at that point you have adequately addressed how your product and your price points, it's all about practice. It's about just making sure that that transition is smooth. So Jake, it looks like we've addressed everything. It looks like the 150 a month over an amortization of 20 years is going to get based on the recommendations that you have or addressed my recommendations based on the solutions or the challenges you've identified here. I think we're aligned here. Does this make sense to you, Jake? And if so, should we proceed? Nothing I'm telling you here, if you use financing properly, is having you race to the bottom line mm -hmm. and dropping price and dropping margin, which probably impacts your commission. I'm not telling you to do that. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you that if you can leverage financing properly, you can get the margin requirements you need that pays you the commissions you need and presumably the bonuses you need. So now step number four will be either maybe one or two objections and quick questions they have, right? They might say something to the effect of, hey, this sounds great. I need to go think and talk to my wife or I have another company coming in to provide a quote here. Sometimes I've seen companies say, hey, listen, you know what, I'll tell you what, if we can get commitment on this now, I can, and that's where you might then give up margin dollars. Hey, if I can get commitment from you now, I can actually take 5% off the price. Like that's where the nuances in your organization and how you agree upon to address these objections can they be resolved. And then at that point, that's where you're closing that sale, right? You ask for the order, anticipate objections, address them. And then the last thing is then complete the sale and follow-up. 
All right, so obviously fulfill the order. Touch base with the client, don't ghost on them. Recap the sale, right? Offer your help should they need it, right? There should be regular follow-up kind of touch points with that customer, or just again, what the next steps are gonna be. So Jake, this is fantastic. What's gonna happen next is that someone from my team is gonna come by and take measurements here. And at that point, we will fulfill and finalize the quote based on specifications you want. But here's what's gonna happen at any step of the situation or any step of the process, should you have any questions, just give me a call. Yeah. I'm here to help you out. Those are your five steps. Man. Richie, we're there. Killing it, buddy. <laughs> that was awesome. You just took that away. It was fantastic. Everybody reasons. appreciates it. If you have any questions about any of this, shoot me an email at jwatson at snapfinancial.com. If you have any questions about marketing, if you want some info, you'd like some help with anything marketing related, I'm happy to help you myself. jwatson at snapfinancial.com. If you have any feedback, questions about today's episode, suggestions for future topics, or if you'd like to be a special guest again please email me richie it's been a blast always a pleasure <laughs> cheers everybody 